The Brief Podcast. Brought to you by MEPRA and produced by the International Broadcast Specialist Marketeers. So welcome to the seventh episode of The Brief. I'm your host, Jaunty Summers. Today I'm going to be chatting to Richard Bagnall, who's the co-managing partner at Karma International. He's the chairman of Amex, the Association for Measurement and Evaluation of Communication. And this year, 2019, he's our MEPRA Awards adjudicator. Richard, welcome. Thank you very much. Great to be with you all. Richard, I mean, you've obviously been a little, just a little bit of background on you. You've obviously been involved in at the kind of sharp end of measurement around communications for, for quite a long time. Can you give us a, just a kind of CV in a nutshell? Yeah, yeah, you bet. It's actually been, uh, I'm appalled to admit, 24 years I've been doing valuation uh, and measurement. Before that, I was, a, <laughs> I was a PR <laughs> practitioner, so I'm the classic um, gamekeeper turned poacher or the other way around, depending on your point of view. Uh, I worked both at PR agencies and in-house before a great opportunity to start one of the world's first measurement businesses um, made itself available. And I've worked since that time leading some of some of the world's biggest biggest measurement companies. I got the opportunity to work with Mazen and Karma International about a year ago now, uh, and I was able to bring some of my fantastic team from some of my early day businesses with me uh, to help Mazen build a, a really strong global business in Karma. Yeah, fantastic, fantastic. Now, just if we could take a like take a zoom out and look and look big picture and and look at the industry, how how good are we at proving the value of of our work as PR practitioners? Would you say? Yeah, um, I think the answer is variable, and it depends. Uh, the, the The truth is that the very best work is really good. And the best is getting better. Every year it's getting better and better. And we see um, we see entries into the AMEC Global Evaluation Awards. We get more entries year after year and the standard gets higher and higher. And they're not just coming from the evaluation vendors anymore. They're coming from in-house departments, from PR agencies, uh, from government departments. I think particularly standout work is being led by the UK government's uh, government communications service. Um, and so, so we've got this um, one end of the market where the quality of work is is superb. The trouble is, there's a risk of a two-speed market opening up. Um, a lot of work that I still see is is pretty, uh, should we say, variable, and it tends to depend from organisation to organisation um, and from region to region, and also really whether there's a, a measurement champion uh, within the organisation as well. Uh, I'm afraid we see too much of people who don't engage properly with the benefits of evaluation and what it really does for you. Uh, as a result, they see it as an afterthought. They they see it as something that is uh, perhaps one step on from just counting clips. Um, we're still seeing too many AVEs produced in, in, in reports. Um, and they're just literally accepting and counting numbers that are provided for them and not thinking about what it is, uh, what it takes to measure the stuff that really matters. And you, so Amec was obviously at the, uh, the kind of the sharp end of trying to codify kind of measurement practices in the industry. And you came up with the Barcelona principles back in yeah, the second version I know was in 2015. The first version was, when was that about 2010? 2010, that's right. Right. Mm. And what you know, how what what learnings has has Amec made from that process, and 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 how successfully do you think those kind of seven principles have been adopted? Yeah. Um, 
Well, as, as, as we say, they were launched in 2010. They were refreshed in, in 2015. As you say, there's seven, uh, seven principles. I think one of the great um, uh, things about them is, is we learned that it's really important to have multiple stakeholders giving a common and consistent message. So it couldn't be something that Amec just does on its own, but we reached out and partnered with multiple different trade associations around the world, academic bodies as well, to make sure that everybody was inside the tent um, speaking with a unified voice about the importance of the principles. I think it's very easy for um, fractured communication to lead to a lack of engagement and a lack of understanding amongst uh, amongst our target audience. So that was one of our, our critical, critical learnings. I think the awareness levels for the Barcelona principles is actually pretty high. I don't have a, a global stat to reel off, uh, but I can tell you they uh, I discovered just this morning while thinking about our, our chat today that they do have their own Wikipedia page, which I was pleased to see. Um, and frequently at conferences, uh, when I go around the world, people have heard of them. Sometimes they're criticised, and they're criticised for being too broad and they aren't uh, educational enough they, or, or not supportive enough, they're not prescriptive enough they don't tell people how they should do their evaluation uh, per se and that's something that we've, we've taken, uh, taken on board they were never designed to be prescriptive, they were designed to be what I like to think of as a 30,000 foot view that way that you can look out of an aeroplane window and see the lay of the land beneath you but you don't see the detail of it um, and they were designed to be something that we could all unify around and just accept as the, the, the sort of the lowest common denominator of what good practice looks like. But learning from this, uh, AMEC, as the educational organisation that we are, we spend over 70% of our annual budget on educational resources, free for the PR industry and the communications industry to use as they choose. They don't have to procure them from one of our, uh, one of our member companies. Um, we have developed something called the Integrated Evaluation Framework, which is uh, a, a guided step-by-step uh, -step process showing the industry, organisations, it can work in anywhere in the world, organisations of any size, exactly how to implement best practice uh, within their organisation in, in a meaningful and a credible way. Yeah, you know, a useful guide. It's interesting. I so say you mentioned AVEs, of course, and I'm sure for all our listeners in the Middle East, you know, the the the, the kind of advertising value equivalent still still features, for better or for worse, in, in in a great number of of kind of client briefs. And I guess the cha the challenge there is really, you know, how do you how do you prove in monetary terms yeah. the value of the value of, of of communication? It's 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 not it's not always easy, is it? Yeah, I mean, there's. The temptation to use AVEs is, is exactly that. They have a, a financial denominator in, in front of them, whether it's a pound or a dollar or a dirham or whatever it might be. Um, and it's very easy to confuse them with the value of the PR work that's been done, especially as the number that they generate uh, tends to be very high. Um, there are multiple reasons that AVEs are a flawed metric and the Barcelona principles, it's actually principle number five, uh, decries them as not the value of communication. Um, we've seen their use globally and it's something that we, we measure and we track has deteriorated significantly. So in 2010 around the world AVEs were being used in about 80% of global um, evaluation programs. By this most recent year, 20, uh, the 2018 
research survey that we did, that number had fallen to 13%. And we're seeing that consistently um, in in other research from uh, the more the more advanced, should we say, uh, markets. The, the yeah, that's issue, a pretty significant drop. What, what's behind that drop? Well, that's the education. Uh, that's the consistent voice, uh, and that's these markets realizing that there has to be and there is a better way of doing evaluation than AVEs. The trouble the that we have is of, does the contraction of traditional media play a part in that? Do you think in any way? Um, I don't think so because unfortunately. Uh, even though it's even more flawed, people can still try to apply AVEs to social and digital media. They shouldn't. And in fact, I wrote a white paper to help um, to help help the, the global industry um, explain to their colleagues, their bosses, their clients, their stakeholders why they shouldn't use AVEs. Uh, and that's available on on Amex website. Uh, it's it's over twenty reasons that there are. That they're a flawed metric, and they they frankly don't work in digital and social media. So I don't I don't think that's the reason. I think part of it is generational. Uh, something as big as stopping people using a metric that they've used for a very long time is is always going to take a long time. We never thought it could be done um, just just you know overnight. When you see you know people trying to implement a measurement program, what, 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 are the, what are the main holes that you've seen them fall into over the, over the last few years? Yeah. What are the big sticking points? Well, I, I think one of them, and uh, we're between friends on this podcast, right? One of them... Yeah, it's, it, it's, it's strictly Chatham House. <laughs> it, it just goes out to our 1.3 million followers. Exactly. <laughs> so I think, I think one... Wishful of, thinking. <laughs> I think one of the problems is a lack of time and a lack of engagement by the person who's commissioning the measurement up front. Um, they need to be... Uh, that th- there's a temptation to run a great campaign and then say, right, we need to measure this for the client. Quick, appoint an agency, uh, you know, get an, get an evaluation vendor and get some charts, get some data, get some dashboards, and that will do. Um, and that's a that's a, a huge flaw. Um, proper measurement and evaluation needs to be the, linked against the communications objectives, but those communications objectives need to support the organisational objectives. So those those two things need to be thought about at the beginning. When we set out to plan our communications activity or our, 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 our PR plan, we should also be thinking at that point about defining what success looks like. What is it that we're trying to achieve? How will we know if we've achieved it? Um, how, are we, how are we supporting our organization? How are we demonstrating that communications is acting um, in, in, in the best possible way here? Um, so we have to bring this thinking right through to the beginning of the campaign and think of it literally as part of the planning process. And I think that time and time again, it's too easy for communicate, communications professionals and PR professionals to get um, uh, sucked up into the day-to-day activity that's going on within the department uh, to take a step back and think at perhaps a bit more of a, a, a strategic level. Then some other areas where people are going wrong, particularly now, I think there's a great temptation with social and digital media and the explosion of, of content that's available that people want to boil the ocean. They want every piece of content to be included. And they've lost sight of the fact that, that content's only relevant if it's being consumed by the right consumers 
for their campaign and for their for their uh, for their different messages. So we must try and avoid the temptation to boil the ocean, uh, and instead we need to focus even more religiously on on what is the content that actually matters to us. And I think one of the challenges there is that there's been a huge rise in software as a service organizations uh, who who sell um, automated platforms, automated dashboards that claim to grab every piece of content and somehow turn it into magical numbers. And they yeah. produce beautiful charts and beautiful dashboards and they're interactive and they, they wiggle around in real time. And it's very easy as a communications professional to see these charts and dashboards and think, well, that is measurement. That is evaluation. But it, it, it isn't. What that is, is that is counting, and it might well not be counting the stuff that actually matters. Yes. I was going to ask, so I was going to ask you about technology. Obviously, we're, you know, we live in the age of AI, and, and technology gets better and better, and, and, and most account executives would love, dearly love not to have to do a coverage report ever again, I suspect. Uh, but you know, what, what sort of advances are we seeing in technology that, that, that are going to help help PR professionals benefit from, from kind of smarter measurement and evaluation? Yeah. Well, uh, the reality is we are living in this age where there is vast amounts of content, and to get through that vast amounts of content, it needs some what we might call heavy lifting. And uh, the advances in, in, in technology are brilliant for that. Um, they allow us to handle, store, query, process big data, as you might want to call it, uh, and really quickly, really fast. So it brings loads of productivity and speed benefits. The problem is, and I think this links back to, to the previous point in our conversation, is that it's not necessarily about big data. What we need to do is understand from within this big data set that's now coming back at us, talking you know, with content that may have mentioned our brand, what is the small data within that big data that actually, actually matters? Yeah. Um, the automation can help us with things like keyword recognition um, really quickly as well. Uh, but it, it, it is going beyond that too. Um, I, I think the uh, machine learning is really exciting. It allows us to have effective topic clustering where automation can start to pull together content that's clustered around a, a theme. Um, if you think about it, 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 it could be the end of those horrific media monitoring briefs that, 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 that everyone's had to sit through trying to write uh, complex boolean for with uh, you know in conjunction with this and my brand not in conjunction with that uh, it could be the end of that and we might start not even monitoring necessarily for our brand but for the topics that are, are of interest to our brand or the topics that are uh, in, in the areas that our brand the, the places that it likes to play in yeah. Um, so I think that's that's really exciting. And of course, AI is slowly but surely uh, starting to get better at understanding relevance and starting to get better at understanding favorability or tone analysis correct as well. But, uh, you know, I, I give a word of real caution here. AI and automation and uh, better IT systems are not going to automate this entire process and make the need for humans to go away. We will still need humans. The humans bring context, they bring uh, insight, they bring experience, they bring um, relevance, uh, and they are able to bring narrative and to pull all the data points together to tell a meaningful evaluation 
story. Um, I haven't yet seen a piece of software that can do a whole lot more than say this chart went from six to ten this month. Okay, well that's great, but so what? Why did it do that? What does it mean? What can we learn from that? And th th those pieces of context and insight and narrative come from from uh, humans. And I saw a great tweet uh, by a football writer. I, I have to admit, I'm an Arsenal fan uh, and a, a, a Guardian journalist called Amy Lawrence. We have our to bear. We, we do. Uh, and a, a Guardian journalist called Amy Lawrence, uh, she tweeted recently that technology is a great servant but a terrible master. And I think that sums it up beautifully. Yeah, I mean, I, I regularly tell our, our, our kind of, uh, you know, um, junior team members who obviously bear the brunt of kind of corralling and collating and wrestling through all the all the kind of monitoring data that actually the job they do is arguably the most important job in our in our in our consultancy because it's actually you know giving insight to clients and proving proving the value of communication and how they're actually their clients are actually positioned in 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 the market yeah. you know what their perception I is I couldn't so, agree more and context and mapping it against yeah. against the objectives and all of that yeah I don't know whether they I don't know whether they believe me to be honest, but that might just be because I'm an old bald guy. <laughs> and, and and as you know, most twenty three year olds don't don't take any any notice of what, old what, bald guys. What you're trying so. to say what you're trying to say is they know you. <laughs> 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 yeah, possibly. Yeah. Well, look, I mean, so we're, I mean, we're, we're, we're delighted once again to, as Metpro to be continuing our relationship with AMEC. Um, you know, you are, you know, you, the next generation of AMEC chairman to to uh, to have graced the Metpro stage as our chief adjudicator for the Metpro Awards, which we're, you know, we're delighted to delighted to have you on board. I mean, what, you know, accepting that you've not done it before, but what are you what are you most looking forward to about about the awards this November? Well, well, thank you, and um, I'm delighted to finally have been. Uh, been asked, Jonty, because I've I've been chairman for three years now. So um, next generation, yes, but I have been in place for for, for a while. And of course, Amec is is uh, absolutely delighted to partner with with Mepra as well for those reasons that I set out at the beginning of the importance of associations globally speaking with a with a common voice uh, about the issues that matter to the industry. I'm looking forward to seeing some great work coming out of the uh, out, of, out of the Middle Eastern region. Uh, I remember being invited to speak at a conference in um, in Dubai back in the early 2000s and the level of evaluation sophistication and understanding in the region was was really very very basic and I know through my work with Karma how much it's Develop for many of the clients that I get to, I get to work on, um, you know, through that role. Um, I'm looking forward to collaborating with fellow judge, judges, meeting some super smart people, um, and I'm looking forward to helping your region um, continue to develop what I think is a really vibrant um, business, doing some fantastic work by smart people for great organisations. Best practice means a lot to Amec, it means a lot to me, and it's something that I think is critical that should happen all around the world. I would hate the Metro region um, to sit there thinking, well, look, you know what, we're okay in this region, we can carry on doing measurement and evaluation like we've always done it, because at the moment in my organisation there isn't a demand for something a little bit better, a little bit more sophisticated, a little bit more meaningful, because one day someone will come in knocking on the door saying, you know, what's all this nonsense that's being peddled here? And so I'd, I really want everyone to get on the front foot and get ahead of that um, and 
the opportunity to to come and help you with your awards this year um, is a fabulous one for, for for that personal mission of mine and, and of Amex. That's great, and we'd we'd obviously we'd obviously like to save the, the the kind of value question till the end. So hopefully, all those people who are charged with the task of uh, writing awards are going to be listening right to this point. Because what I mean, what, what sort of what sort of tips could you give to those who are entering this year's awards on on showing better measurement for their campaigns? Yeah, well, I think you know every time I've been a judge on awards, tip one is before you write your campaign entry. Go and read the Metra guidelines and make sure you follow them. Read read which parts get awarded, which which amount of points. If there are sections that need to be completed in that order, then make sure you just follow those guidelines. So first of all, be procedurally correct. Secondly, remember that the judges are humans, that they're people, and that they also want to have a life, and that they're giving their time of their own free will. So do your bit to help them. Make your entry as interesting and engaging and as easy to read and easy to digest as you you possibly can. When you come to talk about proving the success of the campaign, um, make sure that you do that appropriately. It's not about just counting massive numbers, but, but, but tell the measurement story in a meaningful way. So what was the challenge? What was the problem that needed, needed solving? Um, how have things changed? Show how they've changed. Uh, and a great tip there is make sure you, you include some benchmark data. So how, how were things at the beginning of this campaign? What, was, what did the data tell us at the beginning of this campaign? And what did the data tell us throughout it? What did the data tell us um, at the end of it? So what did you do? What changed? What happened as a result? Um, and then, really importantly, link it through to the organisational impact that it achieved uh, as as a result of your work. And what did the client not just say and think, but but perhaps feel at the end as well? Uh, if that if the client had passion for your work, let the judges know that, and let that flow through in your your award entry as well. So I think in terms of the evaluation side of things. Try not to just stick at content evaluation, that media analysis stuff. So those basic uh, content metrics and output metrics. But try and bring in the real proof of of the success of your work, those outtakes and outcomes into it as well. And if you need some inspiration on a great step-by-step process to follow, do go and look at Amex free-to-use integrated evaluation framework, which has got a seven-step process for how to tell a great measurement story. And you'll find it at um, amecorg.com forward slash framework. Uh, free to use. It's available in 22 languages uh, and it will lead you. It's got every piece of educational information you could know for any, for any organization and it will take you through that process in great detail. Wonderful, wonderful tips. Uh, Richard Bagnell, uh, co-managing partner at Karma International uh, and chairman of AMEC, I'd really like to thank you for... Uh, joining us today being a great chat thank you for having me that's all for today uh thank everyone for listening uh the 2019 metro awards entries will be closing on monday the 30th of september so make sure you get your award submissions in before that deadline uh for more information visit metro.org forward slash awards and obviously if you're not a member of, uh, of metro yet which doesn't preclude you from entering the awards. There's no better time to join. So visit metpro.org or email community at metpro.org. Thank you for joining. <laughs>